Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mark Grody on 670 The Score. Oh, yeah! Coming in hot, baby! Just the way I like it. Must be Adam Stadzinski back there producing. Yeah, it is. What's up, man? We have a we have a ton to do between now and 10 o'clock tonight on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. We're going to cover it all. Cubs, Bears, there's Bulls news. We'll get into it all here. But right now, let's just blast off right away here on this very show and go to the south side of the city and guaranteed rate field where it is the White Sox and Blue Jays getting ready to play ball in about 10 minutes from now, and that's where we find the scores, Bruce Levine. What's going on, Brewster? How are you? Mark, always a pleasure. Yeah, a lot of uh, angst around uh, the south side, even though tremendous optimism still going forward with a nice lead in the central and a pitching staff that is admired by just about every team in baseball no doubt Sox right now as Bruce mentioned they are four games up on Cleveland they are absolutely in first place 37 and 24 I'm glad you mentioned that because sometimes that becomes such a sidebar to this Sox very dramatic season another dramatic injury what can you tell us about the injury to the White Sox second baseman Nick Madrigal I can tell you that Tony Larusa didn't had nothing to do with this injury. Okay. <laughs> now, no one, sure? half the people out sure? there, half the people out there will not believe me. But uh, no, I, you don't like to kid around about uh, injuries, uh, and, and especially a, a young kid like Nick Madrigal that is really coming into his own and really showing, uh, you know, what he can do. You know, it's special how much contact he makes, hitting 300 in today's day and age. Uh, basically a rookie uh, right now for the White Sox at second base. That really hurts on a lot of different levels because he was adding a lot of energy. His game was coming together defensively. Uh, he added another dimension, which is uh, the small ball aspect uh, of the White Sox offense, and that's off the boards now. Likely, if for, sh- for sure, two months, uh, depending on what the doctors say, it could be uh, season long if they have to have surgery on him. So, We wish uh, Nick the best, and uh, the White Sox need to move on. They need to look at uh, other teams. They need to look inward at uh, their own resources of uh, Garcia and Mendick playing in second base right now. And uh, the old adage, next man up, has never been more true than on the south side of Chicago. I saw Adam Fraser's name pop up, a really good player with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Is that a possibility? It is. Are you willing to trade a good young pitcher for him? See, that, that there, there's always the, this guy's available. Marte with Florida, he's available. Yeah. Um, but the other team is going to want back really good players that you have. And it's really going to push Han and, and Williams and Larusa as far as what type of depth are they willing to get up give up in their organization and uh, will they need some of that depth if it's pitching depth 
to uh, fortify the run of the next 100 games to make sure that they get a deep playoff run going. So very, uh, very difficult questions to answer. For now, it's Garcia and Mendick. Uh, but they, they need an outfielder that can hit as well. I mean, they need both. They need a, an outfielder that can hit. They need an infielder that can supply some offense, uh, either through small ball or pop. And it's not going to be easy to find uh, uh, two guys without giving up a lot more than you want to. Well, let me ask you this then. It, would it, like Somebody like Adam Frazier or some of the other names that you were mentioning, would those teams, just in your opinion, would they want somebody from the White Sox Major League squad, or are you saying that they would want one of the, the White Sox top prospects? Because it, it would appear that the Sox could afford to give up a prospect or two at this point, no? <clears throat> well, uh, you know, it just depends who it is. I mean, you know, some of those young pitchers at AAA might be needed uh, the rest of the year. The White Sox have been, quote-unquote, lucky that they haven't sustained any injuries to their starting pitchers. But if they trade one or two of those young guys that are AAA and they sustain an injury, what next? So that's been the strength of the Chicago White Sox is their starting pitching. Bullpen's coming along a little bit. Not has not moved up to its expectations yet, but has been pretty good. But when you start talking about trading young pitching, you're also talking about the depth that you might need for 2021. And they are very serious contenders to try to go to a World Series. There's no more hesitation in Rick Hahn or Kenny Williams. This is it. You have your Hall of Fame manager. You went out and got veterans to fortify a very good young pitching staff. Now um, you have to do the very best you can to make sure you make that run complete. But these injuries are really... uh, they're really testing everybody at this point. No doubt about it. And, and and again, we're talking to Bruce Levine, who is at the White Sox game, Sox in Toronto here in just a few minutes. So Nick Madrigal to the 60-day DL due to the, the right hamstring issue, a tear. Brian Goodwin called up. You, you said Danny Mendick playing second base tonight, right, Bruce? Is that right? right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is there anything new on, let's start with Michael Kopech. Where, where are the White Sox with him in terms of where he is with, with his injury? Starting to throw some side sessions now. He'll get up on a mound maybe early next week, uh, Rick Hahn said, uh, to start uh, doing some simulated work against hitters. So it sounds like if everything goes the right way, it's, it sounds like that he probably will be um, on his way back to rehabbing and maybe pitching for the White Sox in a week or 10 days. I would say okay. 10 days is about the right time. But, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they're not going to uh, to push a guy that has uh, also been off for two years, hadn't pitched in competitively uh, for two years. So it, it, there is a silver lining in all this, and that is at some point they were going to have to rest Michael Kopech to make sure he didn't go over an innings number. That silver lining might allow them now to go a little bit more full throttle with him over the next hundred games. Anything, Bruce, uh, as far as Aloy Jimenez or Luis Robert? Uh, they will not be evaluated for when they can start rehabbing. For uh, They are rehabbing, but rehabbing as far as running, throwing, hitting for another two weeks. So it's a, it's, it'll, be a, it'll be at the two-month mark for uh, Robert. 
and a little bit longer for certainly for uh, Jimenez. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I just wouldn't expect much. That's uh, I think that's hmm. pie in the sky for the White Sox uh, this year to uh, expect them back anywhere earlier than sometime in September. So they have to they have to try to get players right now over the next six weeks that can help them win. I know every GM is probably being asked this question because of the prevalence of injuries this year, but did, did Rick Hahn have anything to say about just about the White Sox and all the injuries that have occurred this year in baseball or just for his team? Yeah, he did directly on his team. He said that they have the, the utmost faith, faith in their medical people and the trainers, but uh, they're as upset as anybody any fan out there about why it keeps happening and they're doing some studies into it as to why this is uh, happening to them why these injuries are so prevalent but to the credit of the White Sox medical staff and their fine training staff these soft tissue issue uh, issues are happening all over baseball it is an epidemic of injuries to obliques and to hamstrings uh, quads uh, you know, you see Mike Trout out with a calf injury. This is just happening all over the place. And, Mark, you, you wonder if the way these uh, baseball players are training, they're training for the wrong sport. And that uh, <laughs> they look perfect, they work hard, they're mm-hmm. strong. But maybe it's not baseball muscles uh, that they're training right. properly. Maybe it's muscles for other sports. So um, greater scientific minds than mine will hopefully figure it out, but it certainly is a problem in baseball and in particular on the south side. Yep. Last Sox question before I ask you a couple Cubs questions and then let you go and do your job out there at the ballpark. That is uh, Bruce Levine getting ready to cover White Sox and Toronto. I'm Mark Grody on 670. The score, Dallas Keuchel tonight, 4-1 and one with a 425. Hyun Jin Ryu going for the, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays tonight. What have you thought about Dallas Keuchel's season so far as a starter for the Sox? It's been a little disappointing, but it's understandable. He got off to a really slow start in spring training, had an injury that he was dealing with. Uh, I think if if I was going to predict anything, I would predict that starting around now, we're going to start seeing the expanded version of Dallas Keuchel, the guy that can throw seven, give up two runs, and really keep his team in the game. It's been a little clunky along the way for him, and I don't think it's up to his expectations. He's a really honest guy. Uh, the White Sox have uh, a lot of veteran players that are really, they, they look at adversity in the eye and they're not afraid to talk about it. Keuchel is one of those guys. He's not happy with his season so far. But uh, now with the warm weather here, him making his 13th start, I think this is about the time you expect him to start stepping on it a little bit, giving, him, uh, giving the uh, team a little bit more length. Two quick Cubs questions, Bruce, and then uh, I shall. No, I cannot you... get you one of those Wrigleyville tops for free. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot Man. do it. Talk to your Nike rep. Talk to uh, some of your friends at Wrigley Field. I know you still have people in high places there that you talk to. You know, um, you were so much nicer to me when I was covering baseball. You know, ever since I turned into a football guy, you haven't been the same to me. And I, I, I am I am tired of it, quite frankly, Bruce. I want free stuff from you. Something, please. I got something for you, but we can't talk about it on the, on the radio. Um, <laughs> the, but the Cubs. I'll call, you after, I'll call you after the show. And we'll I appreciate it. it. 
You are the best. The Cubs are off today. They host St. Louis tomorrow, 120. It's Kyle Hendricks against uh, Johan Oviedo for the Cardinals. Full capacity will be back at Wrigley Field tomorrow. Here's my question about the Cubs. They are right now tied with Milwaukee for first place in the division. Do you think the Cubs are the best team in the National League Central? And if not, who do you think is the best team in the National League Central? You know, I can't bet against the Cubs right now because I've seen uh, David Ross do his best version of uh, Joe Madden at his peak as being a manager. He's gotten every ounce out of all of these guys. To the credit of those players, uh, some of them that were not even uh, being mentioned in spring training or even, uh, you know, even thought about, you know, guys like Patrick Wisdom and Ortega and even... uh, even guys like uh, Duffy and Marisnik were afterthoughts in spring training, and, and they've been uh, really important players. So I can't diss the Cubs and say that Milwaukee's a better team. I can say that Milwaukee has some uh, dominant starting pitching, some dominant bullpen guys, and they've been playing exceedingly well uh, since uh, uh, acquiring Adamus, the shortstop from Tampa, who's played a, a great shortstop form. Uh, I, I think I think the teams are pretty even right now. You know, don't count the Cardinals out. They've had a lot of injuries lately to important players, but uh, they still have a, a lot of good pitching in their organization. So I, I would not be shocked if it's three teams all the way to the wire in the Central this year. And then you had Jed Hoyer, the Cubs president of baseball operations, on your show inside the clubhouse last Saturday. We all listened to it, and it was a great interview. What did you take out of that? What What was the most interesting part of that to Jed Hoyer or something maybe he has told you since then about what the Cubs, how they, they will comport themselves around the trade deadline and going forward for this season, for 2021? First of all, inside the clubhouse is David Hawes' show. It is. Oh, that's true. I'm just along for the ride. But um, I, th- I think w- when, when we talked to uh, Hoyer, the thing that stood out the most was he admitted that if they're going to add, they're going to add controllable pitching. That's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So uh, even though they're in the mix to, to maybe win that division or, or gather a playoff spot, although it's going to be tough this year, Mark, because of we're back to only two wild cards. Uh, as opposed to what we had last year with a lot of teams making it. Um, I think acquiring pitching, starting pitching that is um, um, controllable for a number of years is the goal of Hoyer going forward. Um, I cannot guarantee you that uh, the big names will not be traded. I cannot guarantee you that Kimbrell won't be traded before the deadline. It's, it's a little wonky for them because mm. the team has really, really um, played some great baseball and deserve to be added on to if you believe in those things where you say they've earned the right to compete the rest of the way, and the fan base certainly has earned that. But uh, Hoyer and the Cubs are in the business of having contending teams for the next five or six years, not just for 2000. 2021. So if you see a white flag type deal in July by the Cubs, please do not be shocked. Oh, wow. Wow. So it, it, now I got to follow up on that. It, it, 
could, could the Cubs be a first place team and and there be a a white flag trade or would it happen would they not be able to justify it then it would be rough it would be tough and the fans would uh, they would holler they would uh, make it well known but again Hoyer has a mandate he was brought in to be the president of this team for the next five years his mandate is to build it and, and mm-hmm. build it up to where it was uh, before they started this last run in 2015. How are you going to do that? Uh, certainly your farm system is starting to show some solid young players coming in and pitchers. They need a lot more. Um, my guess is that um, regardless of the record, there's going to be some trades made that may upset some people. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and, and i got to tell you, I mean, I'm sitting here wowing this, but I am for it. I'm for it because I look at it as – it doesn't seem like a team that even as presently constituted with some legit stars on it, I don't think they're one of the best teams in baseball. In other words, a team that could do real damage in the postseason. So I'm I'm okay with it, Bruce. And I'm gonna let you go, my you, friend. And I, I go know, ahead, but Bruce. I, I think I think you made the most valid valid point of the last seventeen minutes, and that is just what you said about the fact that is it good enough to just roll into the playoffs like they did last year and then possibly fade? Um, that is really, I think, the top question you ask yourself if you're Hoyer or your ownership. Um, and if that's the answer is no, we don't just, our fans aren't, aren't just satisfied with going to the playoffs any longer, then you're going to have to make some tough decisions. So you hit a homer there, baby. Well, thanks, Bruce. I appreciate that. Will you use the word wonky again at some point in time tonight? I will, but uh, no one will be there. I'll be at my house. (laughs) Okay. All right. You deserve it, Bruce. Great stuff. I appreciate you coming on with me. Short notice, you are the goods, and send me something. Send me something free from one of the ballparks. At this point, I don't even care what it is, Bruce. Okay. Uh, In the old days, I could have said what it is, but we just can't do that anymore. That's a good point. Nobody wants to get in trouble. Nobody wants to get canceled. I I love my job. I'd like to keep it. You're good at it, Bruce. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, Mark. Thanks. Yep, that is uh, Bruce Levine. Good stuff there. And, you know, Bruce is not reporting anything, but he is telling Cubs fans, hey, just be prepared for the possibility of a white flag-like trade. And when he says that, the the white flag trade, that is a reference to what the White Sox once did when they were in the 90s. They were, what, a couple of games out of first place, and they decided that they didn't... It was actually smart. Sox fans were outraged, but it it was actually, you know, pretty progressive thinking that, look, this team is not good enough to overcome... I think it was Cleveland, I want to say... And it's probably true, and they had to do some things for the future. And, and if you guys have been listening to me, I have been saying all along that unless something special occurs with the Cubs, where they go on an outrageously long winning streak, that you have to take the hit, that you have to break. Something dramatic has to happen. You do not have to go back into the 100-loss era, or even, like, last place. Like, none of that has to occur. But something dramatic has to happen, and maybe you take a couple steps back before you take a few steps forward. All of that kind of stuff. And I've said this a million times, and Bruce talked about it, too, and agreed with me, that if you don't have a team 
that you think can, like, I'm not saying you have to win the World Series to have a successful season, but win a series, win a game <laughs> in the postseason, you know? Um, it's been a while since the, the Cubs looked like a force in the postseason. They've been getting there. They've had nice seasons. But there's a new precedent. There's a new expectation for the Chicago Cubs, and it is not just getting to the playoffs because they've done that plenty throughout their franchise's career. And, you know, the, the one-hit wonder effect that I've run down ad nauseum. So, you know, I, I am down with it. But I should open it up to you guys, Cubs fans. <laughs> if there was to be... A white flag trade. Let's say the Cubs are in first place and it's still bunched up. If it's bumper to bumper in the division, even though they're in first place, they say they have a one or two game lead on Milwaukee and or St. Louis. Would you be okay if Jed Hoyer did what he had to do? And that is make a dramatic move or two to fortify the system, the big league club, for the future and return to the Theo Epstein mindset. And I'm sure Jed Hoyer, too, he just didn't say it as much as Theo Epstein said it when he got here, sustained success. 312-644-6767. I'm for it. Are you? Well, I know you're for sustained success, but would you be okay with this, with this, with the Cubs, you know, essentially giving up on a first-place team if that were to occur. 312-644-6767 is the number. We'll also talk to, um, we'll get Megan Montemaro's uh, opinion on this. She covers the Chicago Cubs every day for the Chicago Tribune. I've got other questions for her, too, about this series against St. Louis, about what the Cubs' bullpen has been doing, and I want to get into Jock Peterson with her as well. So lots to do Cubs-wise here in the next hour. I'm Mark Grody, 312-644-6767. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, I think it was a nice way to finish up. We, we know we've got um, a lot of good teams in this stretch and, um, you know, didn't weren't able to come out of San Francisco with, um, with a split or a series win. And so um, I think the goal every time you go into a series, try to, try to get a win, try to get to win the series. We did that here in San Diego. We get to go into an off day with a – with a, um, you know, a nice little finish there and, a, and, and, you know, beating one of the better pitchers in the game right now. And um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a nice, that's a, a nice little finish to a, uh, the way the road truck trip started. It's a nice little finish. Here. It's a really good finish. Actually, that is Cubs manager, David Ross, essentially talking about the Cubs three, one win over the San Diego Padres yesterday. I'm Mark Rohde on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, yeah, that that's a successful road trip. Four and three on the road trip. I mean, you don't want to lose three out of four 
to San Francisco as you did, but to then rebound and take two out of three from obviously a very good San Diego team whose number you have had this year, having swept them at Wrigley Field and then doing what you ended up doing to them in this series, especially since the Cubs lost that first game on Monday, the the, the 9-4 loss where Alzali had the blister, you know, that, that didn't feel good at all to lose the first game of that series after having lost the series in San Francisco. It didn't feel like the Cubs were going to win the series, uh, nor the, the money game yesterday, but they they win the 7-1 game in, in game two where Wilson Contreras and uh, Rizzo and Patrick Wisdom, they all hit home runs. And then really a hell of a game yesterday for the Cubs. That was a that was like a circle that win. And you remember when when Theo Epstein last year before last year, he circled a bunch of games and he he said to his team, These are games that I expect you to win. And I wonder if if Ross is doing something similar, if Jed Hoyer is as well, because the Cubs played that game yesterday. Like they had to have it. Like sometimes on getaway day with a different type of lineup, you're gonna see not a letdown, but just, you know, well, maybe a letdown. Um, but there wasn't yesterday. Um, you you got good good enough pitching from Jake Arrieta. The bullpen was fantastic. Ryan Tapera was dominant. I'll use the word dominant. Rex Brothers was very good, and Craig Kimbrell was excellent as he always is. And that that's some good clutch bullpen stuff in in the late innings yesterday, and a good win and a good series. And here we go. The Cubs are back home tomorrow to host the St. Louis Cardinals right here on 670. The score is going to be a party, man, because it is 100% capacity for the Cubs. And it'll be, you know, there'll be 40,000 plus out there. I was just reading some of the stuff that the Cubs send to us regarding the, the game day operations. And they're, they're calling it the celebrating opening day 2.0 at Wrigley Field, June 11th. And they're bringing out the big dogs, man. Bill Murray gonna be present. He will be he will be singing the stretch. A live person that's not Boog Shambi will be singing the stretch tomorrow night, and that'll be Bill Murray um, in the seventh. The the ceremonial first pitch is to be hurled by the following: just a bunch of Hall of Famers from the Cubs: Ryan Sandberg, Andre Dawson, Fergie Jenkins. And Lee Smith, and that's just some of the stuff that's going to be going on at Wrigley Field tomorrow. Are they doing? I think they're going to even have the bunting out there, so it's going to be pretty fantastic. Let's hear what David Ross has to say about the 100% capacity factor that will be going down in less than 24 hours from right now. David, just looking forward to the next series. I know we've talked about how raucous it can get at Wrigley, even with just 60%, but what are you expecting going to 100 and what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, weekend and Wrigley, hopefully the weather's nice and, and full capacity. Like, I think that's that should say it all if you know anything about uh, being in Chicago uh, during the summer uh, and going to a Cubs game, um, I think. We're looking forward to getting back home and, and feeling that energy from the crowd. It was real when we just left there. Um, I don't think it can be um, overstated how excited we are to get back to a, a packed house uh, and play in front of front of that that many fans at that beautiful ballpark. It's a it's a special place, and, and we don't take that for granted. 
Yeah, and you know, I don't take it lightly when Cubs manager David Ross right there says that because he's one of those guys. He's an outsider to Chicago and the Cubs organization, essentially, who has been, since he got here, seduced by you guys, Cubs fans and Wrigleyville, the whole Cubs thing. You know what I mean? Like Ryan Dempster is another one. Uh, not even from this country, you know, you know what I mean? From different organizations, they come here, they play here, they have success here, and they want to stay here forever. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm thinking about what Bruce Levine told us about the Cubs right at the very end of our conversation with him just a little while ago, and he kept open the possibility of, or at least he, he told Cubs fans, prepare yourself for the possibility of a white flag trade, a trade where the Cubs could be in first place, and they could still make some sort of dramatic trade. And I'm thinking, man, this if they did that, I know that that sounds disappointing, but what a, like, think about, like, the, the way this Cubs organization has been, all the losing that happened, you know, a century of it, and all the jokes and all of that. The Cubs bar is set so high now because of 2015 and on. The bar is set so high the Cubs might be in first place and they might break the team up. Imagine that. Like, imagine that if that happened in the 90s. And and that's where I get back to when I start to, you know, race through the one-hit wonder years where it was awesome when the Cubs would win a division in 84 or 89, but they left nothing for the following year <laughs> or the following five years. And the idea of the current organization is to be good for 10 years at a time and not one year and and max out everything you have in a division year and then do no damage going further so as much as it sounds like it sucks to break up a first place team it's also right on par with where how good the organization has gotten in terms of wanting to win and i know there's a lot of angry cubs fans out there about you know this season and having done the money dump with you darvish but just know that if there is to be a white flag trade it is not because the cubs are being cheap or anything like that it is because they want to get back to being a the the chosen team before the season starts like that hasn't been around for a while like this has been a this has been like a dodgers world for a while, really the NL West's world for, you know, until further notice, it's been a while since it's been, oh yeah, look out for the Cubs. They're going to go to the World Series. It is it is not like that yet and, right now, and the Cubs know it, and I think I think Cubs fans know it as well. 312-644-6767. When we return, still to come tonight, Hub Arkish going to be on at 820 to talk about the Bears. I, I have not talked to Hub since the OTA the other day. I didn't even talk to him that day. I wanted to hold it all until now and see what he thought, what his observations were of Justin Fields and the rest of the players and what he saw out there. That's at 820. We'll do a lot of Bears in the 8 o'clock hour. Coming up next, let's... Talk more Cubs, though, with Megan Montemurro of the Chicago Tribune. We will ask her about where she thinks this team stands and, and pick through some of the really good stuff for the Cubs and some of the bigger picture questions as well. Mark Grody with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And now the 1-2 again from Mills to Myers. Swing and a miss. It's all over. The Cubs win the ball game. 
Seven to one the final. Lots of Cub fans happy here in San Diego tonight. The pitch, a swing and a high fly ball. Right center and playable. Hayward is there and so is Hap. Hap makes the catch and the Cubs win the ball game. The Cubs win it by a score of three to one. They win the series. It's a one, two, three save for Kimbrell. Yeah, Cubs take two out of three from the San Diego Padres out west. A successful road trip, I would say. Four and three on it. Pat Hughes with the call right here on 670 The Score. I'm Mark Grody. We are talking about the Chicago Cubs, who are off today. They host St. Louis tomorrow at 1.20 right here on 670. The score 12.45 pregame with Zach Zaidman. And there will be, or there is allowed to be, 100% capacity tomorrow. Let's keep the Cubs talk hot right now with Megan Montemurro of the Chicago Tribune. Megan, thank you for coming on the air tonight on your night off. I know that's a pain in the butt, but you are a good person and a great writer for coming on this show here tonight. Thank you, Megan. (laughs) <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So are you looking forward to the full capacity and seeing and feeling that once again? Oh, for sure. I think everybody, you know, just you, you hear players talk about it. David Ross talked about it. You know, you could feel the vibe and the energy when it was at 60%. So I can only imagine what it'll be like this weekend. You know, it's perfect with the Cardinals being in town. You have that rivalry. Um, so, yeah, Wrigley should be a, a, a rocking place this weekend. Great weather on tap. Um, so it, it should be a fun atmosphere. What do you think of the Cubs' road trip out west? I think it was really good the way they responded in San Diego after that, you know, four-game series in San Francisco where, you know, things didn't, didn't really go well. It wasn't the start that you would want to have to a West Coast trip, but you know, salvaging it and going three and four, you know, West Coast trips are, are always challenging, but uh, to rebound the way that they did, you know, they finished the season five and one against the Padres. I, I think there was an encouraging trends. You, you have to be uh, encouraged by what they got from Zach Davies and Jake Arrieta, you know, especially, you know, Wednesday's game, uh, the offense going up against you Darvish and, and him being able to keep the Padres in check. So I think, I think they, they, regain some of the momentum that they had going into the West Coast Coast trip. And, and now you hope that, you know, if you're the Cubs, you're feeding off of that, um, you know, with obviously your rival coming into town. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the, the Cubs 3-1 win over the Padres yesterday. Getaway day, bit of a different lineup. And then you just got some dominant stuff out of Ryan Tapera in the seventh and eighth innings. Rex brothers was really good too, to get Fernando Tatis and Eric Hosmer to strike both those guys out. And then the Craig Kimbrell one, two, three, ninth inning. I know that Craig Kimbrell, like I've decided that, that he is legitimate and back to being Craig Kimbrell. Do you think the rest of this bullpen can continue to do what they are doing, the Taperas and the Rex brothers of the world and the rest of the guys in that bullpen? Yeah, I mean, I think you're naturally going to have the ebbs and flows, you know, when it comes to a bullpen over the course of the season. But, you know, now we're into June, and I think you you have to start buying in to what you're seeing collectively out of, out of that group. And I think part of it, it you know, it helps that they've, they have guys that have naturally fallen into certain spots out of the bullpen. 
you know, you, you know you can trust Tapera in, in high leverage spots in the later innings. You have Andrew Chafin. You, you obviously have Kimbrell at the top of his game. And so when you have the back end excelling in that way, you know, it, strength, it strengthens the rest of the unit. You have, uh, you know, intriguing options they can go to earlier in the game when you have those guys to rely on. So, you know, I, I don't know if, if I envision or anyone really envisions them being this good right now. I mean, you have right. guys like – you know, basically um, hitting their ceilings and being the type of relievers that, you know, they were projected to be. So um, I think the key going forward is they, they need to get more consistency out of the rotation. You can't rely every night on, you know, four to five innings out of the bullpen. That's just not sustainable. But if, if they can get some more length, you know, out of the top three starters, I think that'll go a long way in, in preserving what they can get out of the bullpen. Yeah, it's it's essential. And that is the voice of Megan Montemurro of the Chicago Tribune. I'm Mark Grody here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score was just talking to, to Bruce Levine, and he, he said, you know, don't be surprised if the Cubs pull off something of a white flag trade where even if they are in first place at the deadline, something dramatic could still happen. Would you be surprised, Megan, if the Cubs were to you know, trade a big piece or two at the trade deadline if they are in first place? I would be surprised just because I, I think that's a really hard sell to, to Cub fans, the team itself. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, I, I know the White Sox <laughs> did that, um, you know, a long time ago. And I just, I just have a hard time seeing how that helps the credibility, you know, of Jed Hoyer in his first year as, um, you know, president of baseball operations. And, I mean, you know, when, when you basically tell, tell the team, like, you know, go out and prove that, you know, you deserve reinforcements and that you have to show that, you know, you, you can be a competitive team and that you are a good team. And when you lay out that mission going into the season and then they meet or even exceed those expectations, you know, I, that's a very hard sell for me. I mean, I know, I know money talks and, you know, they've made obviously pretty clear where things stand in terms of payroll and the off season with, you know, trading Darvish and all that, but, uh, I, I don't know how you can punt, and uh, you know, if you have a first place team, you can't. You, you, that doesn't. You, you can't assume. You know, you're going to have a first team, first place team every year, um, and you have to take advantage when those moments uh, arise. And what a what a precarious position Jed Hoyer is in right now because he helped build the World Series title team with Theo Epstein, and now here he is. On the job, on the job, and he might have to be the guy who, who breaks up like, like in, you know, for real breaks up the core of this team. And I know John Lester and Kyle Schwarber are gone, but you may have to. So, do do you sense him kind of being stressed out about all of this to try to protect the legacy while also protecting the future of this of this version of the Cubs? Yeah, I mean, I think the good thing for him at this moment is you still have about six weeks to let things play out. I mean, they still have mm-hmm. a very challenging schedule the rest of this month. Um, you know, it's 21 of 29 home uh, games on the road they're in a stretch of right now, and a lot of most of those are five over 500 teams. So, you know, I, I think you're not quite at the point where maybe you're you're stressing about. Um, 
some tough decisions you're going to have to make. But, yeah, I mean, that's obviously on the horizon, and you don't want to be the person who, you know, trades away potentially somebody like Chris Bryant um, or, you know, Javier Baez, any of those guys that have expiring deals. But that's clearly a decision that will have to be made um, within the next two months. And, yeah, I don't, I don't envy his position. I don't think anyone does because – um, one way or another, there's going to be some tough decisions that have to be made. Yep. couple more questions for you, Megan, and these are back on the, on the actual playing field. And since Jack Peterson came off of the disabled, it feels like he has hit everything hard, even the singles, the doubles, the nights, and now he's hitting the ball over the wall. Is he doing anything differently at the plate that he did from the beginning of the season, or is he just having better luck? since coming off the DL? Yeah, I think a little bit of it is, is better luck. I think part of it, too, is, you know, when the lineup as a whole is, is going well, that it takes pressure off of other guys, and you, you don't have as many guys having to press or feel like they need to do more than they need to. And I think that's really been a key part of the Cubs' success through this stretch of injuries to some, you know, key, key regulars um, on the position player side is that, they're staying within themselves. They're doing what they do best as, as a hitter. They're not trying to be more than what they are. And I think you're seeing that. You're seeing that with a guy like Patrick Wisdom. He's just going out there and doing his thing. And obviously he's doing it at a pretty incredible elite level right now. But Sergio Alcantara, he's looked great. I mean, and, and I think you, you can put Jock Peterson in that category too. He's, he's just able to go out there, um, you know, be the kind of hitter he can be. And I think you see the fun that he's having, you know, where he was, he's mimicking Todd Pieces, a uh, little stutter step around third that he, he started doing in San Francisco. And I think just having fun, um, you know, can take some pressure off and, and relax guys. And I think that's what you're seeing with him. What do you make of the whole Patrick wisdom thing? I mean, he certainly caught lightning in the bottle. And if you're the Cubs, you're riding that as long as you can. I mean, I don't think anyone expects him to continue at, at such a crazy pace and frequency of, of uh, home runs, but, you know, he's a, he's a solid hitter. I mean, he was um, a high draft pick for a reason. He clearly has always had that type of talent in him. And, um, you know, I think, again, it helps when, you know, he's, he's not a guy that they're inserting in the lineup expecting him to say, you know, replace Chris Bryant's production. They just want him to, to go out there, you know, have a good approach and, and just do his thing. And, I, again, I think that's something that, um, you know, guys feed off of one another. And, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have to be more than just who he is. He doesn't have to carry the offense. And, and good things happen when you don't have that level of pressure. Last question for you, and then I'll let you actually earnestly enjoy the rest of your, your night off here, Megan Montemaro of the Chicago Tribune. Who do you think is the best team in the National League Central? Ooh. Is it the Cubs? Is it the Cubs? I, I mean, mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I mean the Cubs and, and, you know, obviously the Brewers are right up there too. But, I mean, given what the Cubs have done, you know, since that first, you know, that rough week and a half, two weeks, that uh, the start to the season, the way they were, have recovered from that. I mean, I think it's they have a very valid argument to, to claim to be the best team in the division. I think you look at the bullpen. I mean, it's, it's a loaded group that is just, you know, locked in right now. The offense, they've kept it going despite the injuries. I think the biggest question mark is still the rotation. And, and obviously they have a, 
couple injuries there that they're going through. But I think right now, you know, given their experience too, um, that that I, I would not be afraid to call them the best team in the division right now. Megan, thank you so much. I always appreciate your insight and love reading your stuff online on the Tribune and occasionally even the hard copy. Enjoy 100% capacity tomorrow, Megan. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That is the wonderful Megan Montemuro of the Chicago Tribune. Follow her right now on Twitter. Um, she is at M underscore Montemuro, spelled M-O-N-T-E. M-U-R-R-O, Megan Montemuro. And I, 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 it's not, I, it's funny because you'd think like getting on a, a Cubs guest on a day in which the, you know, the Cubs beat folks are not having to work. Like, oh, yeah, this is a good day to get somebody on from the Cubs because it's their day off. Dirty little secret here. People don't like working on their days off and that's what it is when you come on the radio i remember that when i was on the cubs beat when i you know in baseball it is a different animal when you have a day off the last thing you want to do is anything (laughs) so like if i if i seemed over the top in in my gratefulness towards megan montemurro for coming on i kind of felt guilty that she had to come on on her day off or felt like was nice enough to come on on, on her day off um, because I just remembered those days. It was, and, and I, I like learned that like when I was doing the Cubs and there was a day off and like I'd get called by like three different outlets. Hey, can you come in? I know it's a day off for you. So this is a good day for you to be like, ah, and I would do it. I would do it, but I was always like, no, this is. I would much rather do ten things on days on which I'm working than have to do one thing on a day off. So that's just a little inside baseball, if you will. And yeah, it's 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 getting closer and closer to that trade. Yeah, there there is enough time left to think about things, but it is fascinating, really, on both sides of town in terms of the trade deadline and what might happen in terms of adding or subtracting or whatever may occur. But they're, they're, it's sur- it sure feels like it is trending towards something dramatic occurring with the, with the Chicago Cubs. So I put something up on Twitter right before the show started. This was my question to you, and I will ask it to you now, and then we'll jump into it after the 8 o'clock. 312-644-6767. This is what I wrote on Twitter. Bears fans... Which player, other than Justin Fields, are you the most interested in this season? And it doesn't have to be somebody I'm looking, you know, because he's my favorite player and I can't wait to watch Khalil Matt. It could be somebody who had a bad year last year. It could be somebody who it was good and they're looking to take the next step. Which player, other than Justin Fields, are you most interested in this season? 312-644-6767. I have... I have my five players, other than Justin Fields, that I am most interested in seeing and finding out about this year. I will share that with you coming up here in five minutes. We will also have Hub Arkish on in the next half an hour. He will join me at 820. Hub Arkish on the Bears, the executive editor of Pro Football Weekly. We were both at the Bears OTA the other day, so we'll chop it up. Hub and I will, and we'll do a lot of Bears here in the next hour here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.